everybody welcome to another episode of podcast on disha and today's guest is um a uh racine racine native um, originally from racine um that's in the music scene out in los angeles and is actually one of uh my dad's former students if you don't know my dad taught um 35 years um as a music teacher in the racine unified school district mainly at uh, mckinley middle school in racine before going to park um and so my guest today is uh Curtis Crump. Uh, Curtis, uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Um, so I want to start with Curtis is what were your kind of like early influences in music and like what recordings did you have growing um, growing up like around you? Um, the funny thing, I was kind of have like a weird like journey to get into some other like recordings and things. Like I grew up... Uh, in a very Christian household um, and pretty much our life was always just going back and forth to church. So really before like actually starting to be into into music, it was all like like gospel music. So a lot of choir stuff, um, a lot of Fred Hammond, uh, a lot of like Iman Adams, Kirk Franklin. But the cool thing is though, all those, some of those artists, like especially like Kirk Franklin, Fred Hammond, they have so many different influences in their music. There's stuff I didn't even realize that I was starting to grab onto and gravitate towards in their music and still gospel, but like crossing these genres though. Um, and that was really big for them to start to cross those in, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. So, but yeah, but growing up, it was way more gospel. And then if I had a babysitter that put something else on, that's when I heard other things. Otherwise I didn't grow up listening to like, other like jazz records and stuff too like it all kind of came slowly okay um, um i guess how did kind of obviously you're a saxophone player did was that your first instrument or uh um once i got i guess you know quote unquote serious about music yes um my dad he was our like piano and organ player growing up in church and he also played drums and uh like all the different you know like, so I, he showed me some things and I kind of like try to play and didn't really know all the pieces were yet. And all the kids wanted to play drums. So I was kind of poke at that. But when things got like, when I was like, oh yeah, I want to play like music. Um, my uncle used to play saxophone, my oldest uncle on my mom's side. And like when I was like, oh, you have options. I was like, I want to play saxophone with my uncle. And then that's when I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. And I can be serious about it. Um, and then because I played saxophone at the church, they were like, uh they're like oh bring your saxophone bring it just come and play and we'll figure out how it works and instead of being like a i'm playing traditional stuff like a we're gonna prepare a piece for you just to do a solo like like the first time i did was that but they just want me to come and bring it all the time so kind of like when i was actually under like you mentioned like um like we, your dad was my teacher i remember he gave us like you know in the jazz band and stuff and gave us some blue scales and like going through scales like that and stuff. And I was like, okay, I was, I use those and just try to play in my church when music was going and stuff. And before I really knew like, that was like really improving and things like that. I was already, I was doing that um, like in middle school. So, so that was kind of more, so your church start kind of ended up being a little bit more of like a contemporary. Yeah, but like still okay. like, yeah, but still 
like gospel and like more modern stuff like that. But yeah. Okay. Um, my next thing is um you were probably one of the top, I probably would say you were probably one of the top four musicians my dad probably had. Um okay. in terms well, of thanks. maybe McKinley. Um so I'd probably say like you, Maggie, and Nolan. And then there's the one girl that played violin at Carnegie, I think. Okay, yeah. I don't remember. I don't know what her name is. But um, how did kind of my dad influence you um, to get into a career in music? And I guess, how was it musically to have musicians like um, obviously Maggie and Nolan in middle school as well um, as kind of those um, kids that you were in band with? Um. Well, Starting from, like you said, with, with your dad, like I said just a second ago, like him just kind of giving us like the the freedom to like, to play and try to like solo and stuff and giving us these different tools and things like, oh, okay, I didn't even know, like I can use these things. Um, so and he was very encouraging um, for us to like try to do like solo stuff and to like kind of explore our musical interests. And then, um, with yeah with maggie and nolan and um some other friends like we just had i mean it, we, it was a blessing to have like those kind of friends who are also serious about music i think they had a uh, maggie and nolan they had like a little like band that they formed with some other yeah wasn't that with too. it with uh maggie's mom yeah she helped kind yeah. of like orchestrate that and stuff and yeah they had um, our friends Stephen and Katie Wright and um, wow, why did I forget Luke's last name? Luke Patterson. Luke, wow, I just totally forgot his whole name. I don't think it's Peterson, but um, but the whole group—they had a whole like kind of group together, um, and we're doing like jazz standards early on, and we do stuff around town, and you know like they would bring that to like the school. Like, oh, we're working on this thing. That I'm like, what? What is that? Let me see. Let me probably play that. Let me, you know. So like, it was fun like mildly competitive like um but like not too much where it's ever like discouraging or anything like that you know it was just like what we did you know um even now being like an adult there's so much like I just fell more and more in love with music like there's other things that normally like you know like it was like, like sports and stuff like I do but I'm not into them mm. like there's always been like music that was just kind of my main focus and what my friends were into and stuff like yeah. So um, I guess kind of what I don't know about you, but like sometimes whenever I would have my dad as a director, it was kind of like, uh, do I do I really have to deal with him or anything? Like, <laughs> I guess because I was like, sometimes he comes off like goofy or whatever. But I guess like, what was he like as a music middle school teacher for you? And then like any good stories about him? Man, I got to reach, man, to think of some. Cause I mean, he was like, like goofy and real, um, which I'm to this day still really goofy, and um, like I, I like I love that. Um, even my like my mom would even just kind of like, like, oh yeah, Shotler, yeah, like I would love when he'd be directing in his head slash moving da da da. Like, um, I don't know if I have any like, like recall any like really big, significant like stories. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have any, like, 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 very specific to him, like, stories, though. I remember different, like, moments, but. Um, I know that you're, you're a saxophone player, so I might as well bring this up. So when, obviously, when you're in middle school, did you have any kind of, 
uh obviously my brother is a was a pretty good saxophone player did you ever kind of um get to get to know my brother too um no not so much um, okay i would say though like what made a big like there's a couple like in a row things in in middle school that like changed like like made the the saxophone thing like serious um probably the biggest thing because one thing that uh your dad would do um with the help of you know um the late uh, ed burglars at park um would they would have the combined concerts yeah where, like, i remember the schools those. would come yeah so when i was in seventh grade there was a, a saxophone player who's from racine i think still lives in new orleans william terry okay he played tenor saxophone and he was the guest uh artist that year so and that was really cool like i you know got to see like sax like people really playing saxophone and stuff mind you like even being a saxophone player in middle school i wasn't listening to like jazz records i just didn't have the wherewithal to go to do that um but then my eighth grade year that's when the late tim bell was the feature okay. and like hearing him like play my one and only love and i think it was like when you're smiling because he played the clarinet i never heard anybody play the clarinet like that um yeah like that like even my friends would still tell you like yeah Curtis, your jaw was on the floor that entire concert like we got done playing we had a guitar and we watched the the top band apart just play with him and i was like I had no idea that like that was possible. Yeah, you know? I remember going to one of those, and I think Steve Weist was one of the guests. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about Tim Bell a little bit. Um, obviously, you went to Parkside for your college degree. Um, mm-hmm. what kind of influences did did you kind of, from Parkside help you kind of get where you're at now? Well, um, it definitely shaped the trajectory. Um, like I was already like hoping and excited, like before knowing that he was there, maybe having a chance to kind of study under him, uh, Tim Bell. And he would come in like to like direct for us at park in high school and stuff. So I got to kind of know him then and see him around town. But, uh, when Tim Bell passed the mental on and they hired Russ Johnson as the director, that kind of just changed everything, um, definitely for the better. Um, Doug Johnson, uh, got to know and talk to Russ kind of as he was transitioning in. And then Doug had told Russ about me and Nolan. Um, and he was like, Hey man, like, I think I want you, I want you to meet these, like these kids. Like they're really, um, they're like, they're really into music. And I think that's what they want to like continue to do afterwards. I think it'd be really nice for you to like, to get to work with them. He was like, yeah, like, yeah, bring them in. Let them sit in for a big band rehearsal or whatever, like the college youth band. So me and Nolan were juniors. And Russ, like, we got to sit in and sight read music with them and stuff. And Russ loved our energy and, like, like could see what we could do early on. And he let us play that the that concert in spring 2010 with them, with the college students. He let us, like, sit in and play with them. And then for the next year after that, uh, if we were available to come and do rehearsals and be part of for the concerts, he let us do that as well. Um, there's a couple of things I couldn't make because I ended up being involved with some of the school, like musicals. But Russ also helped me prepare um, 
for like my college auditions and like there were some other schools I could have went to but like looking financially and then thinking about like logically I believe I, I mean I didn't really know any better but like I could tell that Russ like he had been to these these big schools and definitely knew everything that like that I would need to know so I was like man if I can just go to Parkside and be under him I'll be fine and I'm very thankful to say that that was the case. So um, being able to study that close with him, um, him being able to like feed information to me when he would know that, oh, he knows this already. Well, here's some other stuff. I can tell you this, like, okay, well now you've gotten this far. You can also do this, this with this. And he was always very honest with me. Like he never would, he would like sing all my praises whenever it was necessary. And he would also tell me everything I was doing wrong and things I needed to make sure to do, like all my flaws. Like he was, Russ was always so real and um, just a huge influence um, to where I got to today.
think the next thing I have is, uh, I guess, any favorite jazz artists or jazz charts or favorite recordings? Um, you have yeah. Now? Um, yeah, now, uh, I would say, man. Any, like, Sonny Rollins or Brantford, yeah. Mar- like, Marcellus? Um, with Sonny, uh, I want to say, uh, why am I blanking on some of these Carlos? Like, I wasn't actually going to say, like, Sonny's one of my favorite, like, saxophone players, like, ever. I love his motivic development. But I think I was going to say, like, for some favorite, like, records, like, I like some some newer stuff. Like, I like a lot of um, some of the early 90s, like, Joshua Redman stuff and some stuff with his trio. Like, I really love um, Jazz Crimes by Joshua Redman and Hide and Seek by Joshua Redman. Um, like, one thing for both his playing and for the compositions, like, in the arrangements, I like uh, pretty much all of Joe Henderson's big band album. Like, like those charts, like the way he just like voiced everything. And I mean, Joe Henderson is just a genius himself as well. Um, so those are some that come to the top of my head like that for like favorite artist records. Um, yeah, even older than that, uh, I found out like later, kind of in my studies at Parkside, like about like Hank Mobley, like I love his sound and like his stuff is pretty much just like a blueprint for playing bebop. You know, like in like in a, in a very like not like crazy way, like everybody, you know, bird is for all like the fast stuff and things like that. But if you're trying to just like be right there in the middle and focus on tone and like kind of get the best of all of that, I like I really love Hank Mobley for that. Okay, um, so you're out in Los Angeles right now. Um, mm-hmm. What's that? What's kind of the performance scene around there? Um, how are those gigs? I know I talked to Chris Mesh about how Chicago is and how he's been in Chicago and New York. Um, I guess kind of what's that kind of scene like? Well, I will say for my perspective, I feel like I've been like trying to think the best word to say. Definitely like just the uh, um it's been a very unique experience, I think, in my like in where my lane has been. Um, because like the LAC can be competitive, but um it depends on like it's really like who you know um and what you can do. And then if the right people like if when people start to see you, it can be very fast. Um like very, very fast paced. It's, it's usually just about connections more than anything out this way. Um like pre-COVID, which I was only here for two months before the whole shutdown. I got here January 2020, the world shut down March 2020. Um, and that first couple months, I really didn't get that much traction at all. Um, like a couple connections that were just like smaller things. Um, then so the shutdown happened. Um, and you know, like here in the Southern California, it gets, it stays pretty warm most of the year. Even when it gets cold, it's like warm and then like back and forth. So things seem to be better. Like there are like jams and things happening, concerts happening outside, even though like so you can be socially distanced and um, be as safe as possible. But like non people still want to like play and have a good time and be so, you know, like something. So like September through November or like December 2020, 
that was happening and I found myself being able to meet and connect with people who I hadn't met. And then we reshut down and at least in California uh, for those holidays because it spiked again. And then things started to happen, like vaccines started to kind of roll out. And then um, about March, things kind of started to reopen again a little bit, like outside events and things like that, make some other connections. And then two weeks, like April 15th was when everybody was eligible to get a vaccine, essentially, like when, like to the public. Um, and then about two weeks later, like when like May started, people were organizing events again and gays were kind of, you know, back. And I had been around during the pandemic just enough with just the right people. I started getting calls. I was just, I happened to be in the right place at the right time. People could see like, oh, okay. Um, I know we didn't really talk about this too much, like, but like uh, throughout the years, um, my piano playing grew and kind of caught up to my saxophone playing. So now it's a pretty, it, they're, it's a literal double. There's not really a difference between the two at this point. Is it, um, just, as as jazz, is it just jazz or is it kind of a combination of different things? It's, de- different it's types of gigs? Yeah, it's definitely a combination, but like all of those different skills kind of come into play. Um, yeah, I did a couple like remote, like kind of jazz gigs with some artists that way, like uh, like some vocalists who like will sing jazz and some like R&B stuff. Um, some of the churches started to open back up, so I started to play some churches out here. Um, but then, like there'd be like different private gigs and things like that. Like I did some, there's a few different like things I did, like, some like little like solo saxophone, kind of like like solo having like. I guess pop gig stuff where I'm playing like um I could play some standards but I might play like Al Green or Marvin Gaye um just like kind of oldies and that kind of vein of stuff yeah um I was able to keep like just meeting more people and it just was like a really big snowball effect is there um, obviously with with kind of me being a big sports guy is there any gigs like that you've ever had where it's like been near um, any of the LA sports stuff, like um, what's it called now, Crypto.com Arena, like it used to be Staples Center. Is there anything yeah. kind of around those type of things? Um, I haven't had the chance to do any of those things yet. I knew some of the uh, the musicians who were like a part of the Super Bowl, and some people who've done stuff around there. Like if I if I don't know them directly, like some of my friends know them directly or have okay. worked with them directly. Um. I yeah, guess what what but, um, were your thoughts what what were your thoughts on the halftime show? Oh, it was beautiful, man! Like it was a um, a big step for hip hop, a big step for like Los Angeles, um, and for like the whole culture. I kind of come to a head at like at that that I feel like all the music was um, picked like correctly. Um, the transitions were great. The choreography was great. No, I loved it. I loved the halftime show. Did you get what what was kind of your Super Bowl plan? Did you get to go close to the to, to uh where the stadium is or like what was the kind of well like um my main thing was I was trying to make sure I was like I had things to do. It was uh, it was Sunday. Okay. So I actually had um two churches to play at that day. And one of the services were like really late. So for us, Super Bowl started uh 3:30 um, Pacific time. And I had a church service that started at two in Inglewood. Really? That's the, the, the stadium is in Inglewood. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, it's going to be kind of close. 
but um and i had service earlier like uh like a little farther down from that so i just kind of stayed in the streets like um and like kind of bid my time uh so i could, so i saw the game probably starting at the second quarter when i got back home but um yeah me and my roommates we just watched it and stuff and had a good time have you been to Staples Center or any of those kind of L.A. sporting venues at all? Or I don't know how much of a sports guy you are. Yeah. No, not yet. I haven't had a chance to yet. Um, I had to just, like, double-check in my head. Yeah, no, I haven't had a chance to yet. Hopefully okay. soon. Okay. Yeah, like, even though I'm not, like, a huge sports guy, both my roommates are. So um, they're both from Kenosha. Um, yeah, well, they're huge guy so so okay um you just had uh my dad kind of brought this up to kind of talk about you just had uh a, like a concert that you just did um called the two short tiny desk home concert that involved rapping yeah. i guess what kind of what what was that concert like and being able to kind of combine different types of music together because obviously you were on keyboard but i know you had your sax run off to the side too if i'm right yeah, yeah. um well should I think of how to even start that one? So, um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. Uh, it's 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 pretty cool. Um, yeah, we basically just kind of played all his like different hip hop tracks, like um, like live. And the drummer, uh, Robert Miller, he was the music director for that uh, for that Tiny Desk because you know because of because of COVID. Um, they've been doing the series of Tiny Desk home concerts. So instead of like how they usually do it, everybody flies to DC, goes to the NPR Tiny Desk location. They've been doing like on location somewhere else and just doing it. So they asked Too Short to do to do one, and he did it in his like he has a studio here in LA um, that's like all decked out and stuff. Like it's like yeah. Um, so, but the music director, I met him. Um, this is actually our first time working together. Like we we sat together. Like he sat in on a gig I was playing at with one of his like best friends, and that's how we first met. And I've seen him around town and some other like gigs and stuff too. So I've been on like his mind, like seeing him. And he found my number. He's like, "Hey, is this Curtis?" I'm like, "Yep, it's me." He's like, "You free this coming Tuesday?" I'm like, "Yep, what you need?" Like the gig pays this much. Da I'm like, "What is it?" And he said, "Two short time guys." This is literally just how it happened. It was just a call. Like no crazy prep before. Um, he sent me the charts and stuff, and we had like a long rehearsal the day before. We recorded it, and then took the next day to like record the concert and stuff. Um, and it's a great group of guys. And Too Short himself, uh, I don't know if you know, like because Too Short is a former member of um, NWA, okay. and he was celebrating 35 years as an like has his own artist like since the late 80s to now. And literally, we played, uh, besides the intro, like, record, we played songs from, like, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, 2010s, um, and now 2020. Or 2020s, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but, yeah, it was just an awesome experience to be a part of and stuff, and it's... Um, if anything, it's like a step up in exposure because then it's um, like we don't, you know, a lot of musicians, we're not going to work for just exposure. 
but exposure never hurts. Mm. And, um, you know, like, even though, like, like anybody could have had that gig or whatever, it helps, like, this quote-unquote credibility as we go on. Because everybody can play, but like I said, especially here in L.A., it's a lot of who you know. It's a lot of the connections. So, like, sometimes it gets to be, like, what you've done, which isn't always, like, a fair thing. But um, the more things you can have as far as that resume goes, the better it would be to keep that going. Um, um I guess a couple of Kenosha Racine things. Um, obviously, with you being out in Los Angeles, um, I guess, have you um, had any – obviously, you haven't been to any of the sports stuff yet, but I, I don't know if you know that Gavin Lux is on the Dodgers and is from Kenosha. So I don't know if you okay, ever yeah. get, get his jersey or maybe run into him a little bit or, um, or that sort of thing. Yeah, I have been. Um, like I said, I think – I think I've heard that name because my roommates, um, they're big into sports. Okay. And um, they're both also from Kenosha too. So okay. I guess from a Kenosha Racine um side of things, um, who are who are your like favorite um Kenosha Racine kind of jazz people um that you've played with? I know I don't know if you played with John Storino or yeah, he actually, any of the wheelies. Uh huh. Yeah, no, we actually uh John recently just like reached out to me. We just like just reconnected like a couple of days ago on Instagram. Um, yeah, and John's in New York. Um, he's definitely, yeah, by far one of my favorite um, like musicians and composers like that's come out of our area. Um, I'm trying to think though, like I haven't seen some people in a while. Um, like I love, uh, like separately, like um, like Eric Shore and. And Dustin, why can't I think of it? Lorenzi. Um, trying to think who else I can think of. But those are like the names that come off the top of my head, like right away. Mm. And I know Tim's back around, Tim Ibsen's back around. Um, one of my favorite bass players. Um, yeah, Tim. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess what are your future um, gigs or any? What's your. What's your uh, next, like, future music plan? Um, well, I'm just kind of um, in a place now where I'm just kind of riding the wave of what's happening um, and the different calls I'm getting. Just kind of keep kind of seeing the world, especially in, like, being here in L.A. and taking all that in. Um, like, as far as, like, smaller things happening, one thing I've always wanted to do, and, like, one of the reasons I moved to L.A. Uh, is to do, like, some sort of film or TV scoring. Um, so I'm starting to get some things with some of like friends of mine who are starting to put some projects together. So that's starting to roll out. Um, I have uh, my own group that I formed like in July now that we've started to um, get different residencies in different like locations here. And we play all kinds of stuff between like from jazz to the pop R&B stuff, um, to some hip hop stuff. We kind of play like a big mix of it all, but they they all went to different jazz schools and stuff too. So we like relate that way. Um, and can play a lot of different things. So that's been going well. Um, the guitar player for that group, uh, his name is Mar uh, Mauricio Guerrero Jr. Um, he's also the music director for this Latin artist um, named Danny Ocean. Um, Danny Ocean's like he's becoming like a growing and like growing at a very exponential rate. Um, 
like Latin pop and reggaeton artist. Uh, he's Venezuelan, but he's like huge in different like, countries like Mexico and Colombia. He just released his second album a couple of days ago. Um, we're part of his, his, we're part of his band. So like start that, that just started in October. So like in November, we played in Monterrey, Mexico and Puerto Rico. In December, we played in Tijuana and Cancun. Um, just two weeks ago, we were in Leon, Mexico. Um, and then the next couple months, we're going back to Mexico for a few shows. We have a show in LA, a show in Miami. Uh, we'll have a show in Vegas, part of a festival. Um, so that's been the, the, the latest big thing that's going on, um, playing for tens of thousands of people um, with this music. Um, I, I guess we didn't, I don't know, like if we didn't hit on any other, other um, like music interests. Obviously, I'm kind of big in the, um, the John Philip Sousa stuff. Um, just what's your other kind of music interest? Um, well, um, I feel like I have like a really widespread palette. Uh, the things I gravitate towards, though, um, are things that have usually some sort of jazz influence, but they uh, might not be specifically jazz. So like clearly gospel like falls into that. Blues falls into that. Um, like R&B and neo soul really do fall heavily into that. Uh, like even some of the new, like I'm not saying like trap music, but like some of the other hip hop stuff, like the way they do some of these samples now, um, they're becoming way more musical um, in the instrumentation. Uh, so more and more into that. Uh, and then there's like some different like alternative music and stuff that I found more artists and helping out people out here with. Um, that's been cool. Like it's kind of a little more experimental, kind of bringing like the 80s synth thing is like really popular now in a lot of kind of like cross genre. Um, so it's kind of making a comeback. So yeah, different things like that. Um, another shout out to Russ just for always encouraging like, it doesn't matter what the genre of music is, as long as it feels good, you, you know, you can feel it's communicating. It's good music, you know? Okay, um, I guess anything you want to add, Curtis? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, the only thing I guess I would just say maybe it's just um, it's really cool to be like in the position I am, like I'm in now um, being here. And I definitely don't like take for granted all the steps that it took to get to this point either. Because um, even when I talk to people too, like just as far as like my own growth that I've seen and just like how things have happened, it's just a blessing to be um, working like I am here now and to know the people I have and have the experiences that I've had. And I know it's still only just the beginning. So I'm just really excited. And, you know, like thanks to like people like your dad and, uh, and Russ and Doug Johnson and, um, his wife, Diane, who was actually my first music teacher in, um, at Frat, um, you know, to just like everybody in Racine Kenosha who's like supported me that came to a gig or hired me for something. Um, like shout out to just like the Parkside staff in general, like, um, from like the music department, but even like, even like, like the chancellor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course, Mark. So like, I know, I know you played in the Racine band as well. Back, yeah. back one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he would be, yeah, Mark was always like very <laughs> patient with me. Um, and I'm forever grateful. Um, you know, 
yeah, no, just it's I'm thankful for everything and everybody who ever gotten a chance to who's poured into me like before making this jump. And even those, you know, like and the people who were hoping that I wouldn't make the move. Because like if I moved look, I moved two months before COVID happened. If I didn't move then, I probably wouldn't have moved to this point yet either. Because, you know, everything isn't back to normal yet. But I've been able to be blessed and to thrive after, like during and after all of this. So yeah. all right. All right, Curtis. It was cool to have a chance to talk to you about your career so far. Um yeah, man. I'll I'll say say uh uh hey back to my dad for you. So um yeah. thanks for thanks for joining me. Yeah, of course, Dan.